concordance even goes so far as to say to admit it in court as evidence. And it gives us the picture of when a lawyer approaches the judge's bench and says, Your Honor, I would like to, I would like to submit this document to be entered in as evidence in our case. And the judge takes the document and he says, Put it on record that we're accepting this contract uh, in as evidence on this case. And that's what this word represents. So when the scripture comes, it's not just a passing receiving. It's not just a passive receiving where I just say, oh yeah, I received that. No, that belongs to me. I accept that as evidence in my case. God said, he shall increase me more and more. That is mine. I take that. I, I, I bring it, accept it or acknowledge it as mine. And I bring it into my court of evidence so that if lack tries to encroach itself upon my finances, I'm going to pull that verse out like the document that has been admitted in my court case and say, listen, I have evidence God shall increase me more and more. That scripture belongs to me. Now, can I compare that with Proverbs 4? Go back and look at Proverbs 4. And uh, because we've quoted it a lot without looking at it, let's put it in our eyes too. Beginning in verse 20, my son attend, that's our responsibility, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them. Keep them. So now we're talking about a treasuring up. We're talking about storing up. We're talking about holding in possession. Keep them in the midst of your heart because these words are life. They are life unto those that find. Circle the word find. Those that find them. This word find means to acquire, to attain, or hold in possession. They're not, word, they're not life to those who have merely heard them. Hearing is part of it, but if you hear it and it's wayside soil and gets stolen, it's no longer in your possession. If you hear it, but you've got offense in your heart and it chokes out, it, it, it uh, hinders the word and the heat of the situation causes that word to lose its life, then it's no longer in your possession. If, if you hear the word and you receive it, and then it's growing along and all these weeds come in and start choking out the word, then it's no longer in your possession. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The wayside soil is where he steals. The stony ground is where he kills. The thorny ground is where he destroys. We are the good ground where the word is maintained, where the word is kept in possession. Because these words are life to those who hold them in possession. I'm not letting go because of lack of understanding. I'm not going to let go because I'm offended at my situation. I'm not going to let go because I've got the cares and the anxieties and the preoccupation with this world or because I'm being deceived by thinking that money can answer my problems. 
I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have me, I'm not going to lose the word that I've been working to put in my heart. I'm going to hold it in possession. How do you hold it? How do we hold the word of God? Can you hold it with this hand? I'm using this hand to display it. I'm holding it in possession. But do I, can, can you, do you see 1 Peter 2.24 in there? It's not in my hand. 1 Peter 2.24 belongs to me though. How do I hold it in my possession? Well, Proverbs says that death and life are in the hand of the power of the tongue is defined the hand of the tongue in the original. Death and life are in the hand of the tongue. My, my tongue is a spiritual hand. And with my tongue, I can hold on to it. And as long as I've got it in my mouth, you can't take it from me. And you don't even have to hear me saying it. I can say it under my breath and you never know that I'm saying, I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in my basket. I am blessed because the word of God says I'm blessed. He increases me more and more. He increases my greatness and comforts me on every side. The Lord shall multiply me as the bud of the field. He has made me a million. Hallelujah. I'm saying... But if that saying is a holding in possession. And I'm not pulling it from here. I'm pulling it from here. It's in my, where does, it says in Romans chapter 10, it says the word of faith is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith, those are the areas we need to have the word for them to be fruitful. Not just the mind, it's in my mouth. And it's in my heart. If I'm putting it in my mouth, I'm putting it in my heart. If I've got it in my mouth, I'm holding it in my possession. And the enemy can't take it from me as long as I, because it can try to come out and I just keep putting it back in. I just keep putting it back in with my words. I'm speaking it back into my, to my heart. I'm speaking it back into my heart. The Bible says that the, the tongue, Proverbs uh, uh, Psalm 45, 1, the tongue is the pen of the ready writer. And then Proverbs says that with my, uh, uh, my mouth, I can write upon the tablets of my heart. My heart is like a tablet. My tongue is like an ink pen. God wants me to write some things on my heart. How do I write them? With my tongue, with my mouth. I'm speaking them and they're getting on my heart. They're getting in my heart. And, and the devil can't take if you If you hold it in your mouth, he can't take it. Hallelujah. And he can't stop the word if you won't let go of it. He can't stop you from being good ground if you don't become a victim to those other lack of knowledge, being offended. You know, love will fix that offense thing, Right? And then worry and, and the wrong placement of money in your life. You can avoid all of those things and you can be the good ground. We are, say it out loud, I am the good ground of Mark chapter 4. I hold the word in my possession and it brings forth abundantly in my life. Praise God. So the amount of productivity, let's go back and look at Mark 4 again. He said, we hear the word 
and then we receive it. We take it up, we accept it or acknowledge it as our own, and then we bring forth fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So even the amount of productivity, we have an influence on it. This is not random. This is not spin the wheel and find out if you're 30-fold today. Spin the wheel and roll the dice and find out if you're 60-fold today. No. The 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold is within our power to influence. I'm going to bring forth based on my attention and my interaction with the Word. Let's look at the next thing that Jesus teaches. Actually, verse 24 He says, take heed what you hear. He's still talking about hearing. So we could say that the parable of sower is a parable about hearing. It's about the word, but it's about hearing the word. Amen? And now he's still talking about hearing. Take heed what you hear. With the measure you measure, with what measure you meet, or what measure you measure, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear. So he's still talking about hearing. So the center of that verse is about hearing. With the measure of hearing you measure. The measure of hearing. Take heed. Look closely at how you hear. Because with the measure of hearing you measure. Y'all remember my algebra teacher? That's what I heard. All the other people who got B's and A's, they were hearing something I wasn't hearing. And it wasn't the teacher's voice. It was my ears. I turned her off the moment she put letters on the board for my, for my math problem. What is that A, B, and C doing in my math problem? And you want me to tell you a number? A plus B, and you want me to give you a number? I turned her off. I was, my hearing was done. With the measure of measure, you hear. If you hear Pastor Steele and think, well, that's just Pastor Steele. Or is this the pastor that God has put food that's going to feed my spirit? Because Jesus said, if you receive the one that I sent, you receive me. Right? It's how I'm hearing. We don't worship people, but we honor the gift that God gives us. I, when my pastor speaks, I'm, I, I, I don't go to lunch with Pastor and Sister Jeannie without my notebook. I got it right there in my purse. And as soon as he's done chewing, I pull it out. And, I'm just, and I look at him like this. And Sister Jeannie, she says... What's your first question, Michelle? She knows I come with questions. Why? Because I'm here to hear something. I'm not here for chatting and chewing. I'm here for wisdom. Amen. I want to hear what the, because the Lord has something to speak to me and he has given me a pastor. Amen. So with the measure of measure, the measure of hearing that you measure, let's read it from the Amplified. Can you show me the Amplified? The Amplified uses this phrase, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. 
The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. You know, there's the, the Holy Spirit is on a road of revelation in this church right now about the covenant we have with God. And I, tell, I told Pastor the first couple of times, and I don't get to sit under all of his teachings because we are usually in, in the other campus uh, when one is preaching. But when I sat under, I'm like, you fire hosed us tonight. You, it was so much revelation. It was just like, like you got to slow down and repeat it. Because you, just because you've said it didn't mean we get it the first time. Say it again. Say it again. So the Amplified. Go ahead. I apologize. I got distracted there. The Amplified. Uh, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. 30, 60, and 100. Here's the key to it. 30-fold is listening with a 30-fold ear. 60-fold is listening with a 60-fold ear. 100-fold has practiced and developed their hearing. You know, we can be, we can, we can become proficient in hearing just like we can in anything else. We can, we can become better hearers. We can learn skills, taking notes, uh, things that will help us remember, things that will help us uh, uh, pay closer attention. Hallelujah. Because how we hear is entirely up to us. God has no control over how we hear. He's put in his word what we need. He's given us all. We are partakers of his divine promises. We have all of his promises. But how we hear is going to be the determination of our receiving. So our receiving is not God's. It's not God's call. It's not up to God how much we're receiving. He left it up to us. And he, he said, if you'll become skilled in hearing, the more proficient you are in hearing, the more you will receive of the virtue, the power of God, the knowledge. Hallelujah. And then it says this. Can you put that up there one more time? And more besides will be given to you who hear. Notice uh, in, in the King James, unto you that hear shall more be given. Why? Because when you hear it, it's multiplied. When you hear in this area, it unlocks something else in another area. When you understand a concept of how it works here, and you've heard it here, then you pull it over here and you're like... That works the same way with healing. I mean, if you'll listen to teachings on healing, you'll find a lot of the same principles that you need to apply in your finances. Because those principles, because you're hearing it here, and it's unlocking something over here. You say, I can apply that right here. Glory to God. Verse 25 says, For he that has, what's the subject matter? Hearing. He that has hearing, 
to him shall be given. And he that does not have hearing from him shall be taken even that which he has. Wayside. That's the wayside again. How can it be taken? Because if there's no hearing, there's not going to be understanding. Back up to verse 12. Actually, we'll start in 11. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. Well, doesn't he want everyone to be converted and their sins forgiven? He's telling us the key to, to get to that point. If they are hearing... If they're seeing and hearing, there will be understanding. And then they can be converted or turned or saved. If they're seeing and hearing, there will be understanding. There's not going to be more understanding without my seeing and hearing. I need the light of the word. This is the Ephesians prayer being taught in a lesson form. That you would give unto them the spirit of wisdom and understanding that they might know. That the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened that they might know. How am I going to know? I've got to have hearing and seeing. A spiritual seeing and a spiritual... He that has ears to hear, let him hear. The hearing is the receiving of that light. It is the receiving. It is the depositing of that word in our heart. Hallelujah. And there's an objective that we're aiming for. Matthew 12. Matthew 12 and verse 34. O generation of vipers, that's them, not you. How can you, being evil... Speak good things. That was them, not you. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He's saying, you don't have anything in your heart that you can bring forth that's good. They didn't, but you do. You do. You can put this in your heart. You have access to this supply. This is, this is your deposit. You, you've got to pull it out and put it in to your heart, but here is the bank vault. Just go pull it out and deposit it. This will enable you to have good things that you can speak out of the abundance of the heart, not out of a half-full heart. We want abundance. We need, that's our aim. That's our objective. We don't live on a half-tank. Quarter tank, three quarters tank. We want, we want it coming out because it's so full, it's overflowing. We want abundance. Let me, let me share the other. This word is used five times in the New Testament, four different verses, five times. And this is the definition of the word abundance. That which fills the heart or what is left over. In other words, it, is, it, is, it has filled and overflowed so that there's some that has spilled over. 
And an example is in Mark 8 and verse 8. Look with me at Mark 8. We're going to come back, so hold your place at Matthew. But I want you to look and see the word abundance because now this is our, our objective. We're not just trying to get the word in our heart in a measure. We're trying to get the word in our heart till there's no room to cram anymore in. And if we all make that our aim, faith will work so much more effectively. Mark 8, verse 8. So they did eat and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left. That's the word, abundant, right there. The same word abundant used in Matthew 12 is the word left here referring to the seven baskets that were left over after everyone had eaten and they were filled. That's the abundance, the seven baskets left over. Everyone is filled, but we have abundance. Because nobody can eat anymore, we've got seven full baskets. That's what we need in the heart. That I've got enough to cover my finances. I've got enough faith in my heart to deal with the health of my body. I've got enough faith in my heart to work on this debt freedom project I'm working on. I've got enough faith in my heart. I have more. I have more to bring to my church. I have more to, to bring to my friends, my family that need me. I've got, a, I've got faith in abundance. Why? Because I've been storing up the word, storing up the word, storing up the word. So that's when it, it refers to what is left over. It's talking about the abundance that's left over after a filling. Back to Matthew 12. Let's read it with that in mind. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So before you speak to your mountain, according to Mark 11, we need to have abundance so there's faith in our words. If we haven't done the part of filling the heart, the words don't have the same measure of faith in them. We've got to believe the things we say before we say them. Before, no, before we say them to the mountain. So that tells me that first part of me speaking the word is just for my deposit. I'm not speaking the word to move the mountain yet. I'm speaking the word to put it in my heart, to put it in my heart, to put it in my heart. And when it's in a, your heart in abundance, you'll know it's time to speak to the mountain. When it comes out of your heart with a fullness of faith in the words, mixing the word with faith. When the word comes out with a fullness of faith, then it will go to that mountain and move that mountain because there's faith-filled words available to bring out of your heart. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart. That's what we have to look at our heart as being. Our heart is a treasure chest. And I don't let fear be deposited in my heart. I don't let worry be deposited in my heart. I don't allow deposits of profanity in my heart. 
I don't allow deposits of things that are dishonorable to God in my heart. Why? I need my heart to have the right treasure in it. If it disagrees with the word and I put it in my heart, then before I can pull faith-filled words out, I've got to go cast down and deal with all of the doubt and the fear and the worry that that report or that commercial deposited. So just go ahead and be diligent. Go ahead and if you need to, and people think, you know, you're overreacting. You're just going too far. I'm working on a building, working on a building. <laughs> I'm working on something. They might not be working. They might allow whatever they hear just to be put right into their heart. And then they deal with it when the lights go out and they've got fear. And when they're walking across the parking lot by themselves and they've got fear of the, what's in the shadows or fear that somebody's going to attack me or fear that somebody, whatever. Why? Because they've allowed that in their heart. How about we just think about the angel of the Lord who's encamped about those who fear God? Why don't I just be planting in my heart, depositing in my heart what I want, and then I don't have to spend all this extra faith energy dealing with unnecessary deposits that have been made in my heart. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil deposit or treasure brings forth evil things. Whether a person, even, uh, let me say it this way, even a saved person can put evil things in their heart. They shouldn't. I don't recommend it. As a matter of fact, if you're following my teaching, don't allow it. But it is possible for faith people, good Christian blood-bought, born-again people to put evil things in their heart. But when the pressure is on, it's like a sponge. If you've put that sponge in water, you can squeeze. And what's going to come out? Is paint going to come out? Not if I haven't put it in paint. If the only thing that that sponge has soaked up is water, water is going to be the only thing that comes out. And if the only thing you've been soaking up has been faith-filled word, then that's what's going to come out when you are put under pressure. But if you find yourself put under pressure and out of your mouth comes doubt or fear or unbelief, don't get under condemnation, but go ahead and repent. Go ahead and repent and say, Lord, forgive me. That, you didn't say it by accident. That's what was there. And pressure is a revealer of what's in the heart in abundance. You can't bring it out of your heart if you haven't deposited it in there. That's why I'll just keep my money in my pocket and miss the R-rated movie. Because I don't want that downloaded into my heart. I'm not talking about R-rated movies. I'm talking about the heart. If someone hits their toe and says, blankety blank, oh, for, I didn't mean to say that. It was in there. It got in there somehow. 
You heard it somewhere and it got in there. I, I, can't, I can't afford to hear that. I can't afford to hear it. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Don't have time to hear the doubt. Why? Because it would take too much. I heard Charles Cap say this once. He said, every one of us have that temptation just to open our mouth on some days and say everything we're feeling. But it would take you longer to have to undo all of those, those words. It would take you more effort and energy to have to go back and override all of those words with your faith statements and with building your faith. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. So finally, Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, underline that, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say, or we may boldly say, underline that, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In this verse we find a pattern. We find a template, if you will. He hath said so that we may boldly say. We know what to say because we go to what he said about us. He hath said, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper, so that I may boldly say, I will not fear. God always causes me to triumph. He hath said, so that I may boldly say. And you can take whatever it is that is applying to your situation, whether it's debt freedom, he hath said, he brings out those which are bound by chains, so that I may boldly say, he has set me free from the chains of debt in my life. He hath said, by his stripes I was healed, so that I may boldly say, I am the healed of the Lord. And, and in my body, 1 Peter 2.24 is manifesting. He hath said, great shall be the peace of your children, and all your children shall be taught of the Lord, so that you may boldly say, my children walk uprightly and God shall save my children. He will contend with those who contend with me and save my children. He hath said so that we may boldly say. Amen? This is our template for victory. I take what God has said and I deposit it in my heart until there is a fullness and an abundance above that fullness in my heart to bring forth out of my mouth. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Just with this, this understanding of the importance that we play, would you just take a moment, just lift your hands to the Lord with me right now. Say this with me. Father, I will mix your word with faith. I will use my voice to deposit your word into my heart and when faith comes with a full measure I will speak your word to my situation I thank you Lord
for teaching me how to operate faith. Let my ears become proficient in hearing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to give an opportunity if you're here today, if you're watching us and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Everything we've talked about today works because of the relationship we have with Him. Without knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior, without accepting Him into our life and accepting all that He provided in dying on the cross and being made sin for us, without that sacrifice, we're still in a position of sin and under the dominion of sin. But because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we're set free. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation for you. If you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus, today is the day of salvation for you. With a decision of your heart, you can choose to make Jesus the Lord of your life and accept the sacrifice that he provided on the cross. The Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, believing that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So if you're here today, would you just bow your head right now, watching online or here in the sanctuary, and say this out of your heart, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe that God has raised him from the dead. Today I accept Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from all sin. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's so good to us. He's so good to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You are holy, Lord. You are holy. your hands and worship him. You are holy, Lord. You are holy, Lord. 
of honor and praise. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us, Lord. We're thankful for you today. We're thankful for the help that you bring to our lives, for the strength that you provide to our bodies. Lord, for your peace in our homes, I declare the peace of God over the homes of your people, Lord. They would walk in the fullness of your plan, led by your spirit in every decision, Lord. Wisdom for every decision.